Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. The renewing of your mind. Let's open to our foundational text, which is Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans in chapter 12. And while you're turning there, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you today for the word of the living God. Spirit of God, I'm asking you today that you will think through my mind and that you will speak through my lips. Thank you for these, you wonderful people. They got ears to hear, mind to understand, and heart to receive the word of God. Everybody say amen. All right, let's go to Romans in chapter 12. The great apostle Paul speaking to us, he says, And be not conformed to this world, to this world cosmos, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, everybody say with me, my life will be transformed when my mind is renewed. My mind, my life will be transformed when my life on the earth will be transformed when my mind is renewed to the word of God, that you may Prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Or the Bible, rather than use the word prove, will use the word discern, okay? That you may discern. So it is once your mind has been renewed that you can prove or discern the will of God. Praise God. Now, let's go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, everybody. Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. I hope you got your Bible with you. Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to read verse uh, 20 onwards. Verse 20 onwards. But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him. So you've got to hear to learn and have been taught. You have to be, you have to hear. Amen. You have to get taught in order to learn by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, put it off the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now look at verse 23. Second time we hear this expression and be renewed in the spirit or in the attitude of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit or in the attitude of your mind of your mind. Why? And that you put on the new man. Without <coughs> the renewing of your mind, you cannot put on the new man. Without the renewing of, the, of your mind, your old creation will be choking the new creation. Now, your flesh is the old creation. Your flesh is an expression of the old creation. Your spirit man is the expression of of the new creation. So without the renewing of your mind, you will suffocate and stifle the new creation man. Are you listening to me now? Now then, let's keep on reading. Let's go to 2 Corinthians in chapter 10. 2 Corinthians in chapter 10, please. Uh, let's open our Bible there. 2 Corinthians in chapter 10. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's read from verse 4. Now, this is very important. Now, what you've just read here in Romans 12 and 2, Paul makes this statement, renew your mind. 
in Ephesians chapter 4, he tells them you've got to renew, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So he, he, he makes that statement. Now he tells you how it gets done. He shows you how it is done in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. It says, for the weapons of our warfare... Look at the word warfare. This is what I'm saying to you, that the renewing of the mind is warfare. Now, Christians, uh, many times when we hear the word warfare, we only think about spiritual warfare. And that is true. But you are fighting with unseen beings. Are you listening? Demons and so forth and so on. But yet you also have another warfare, and it it is a mental warfare. And you've got to take this, both of these warfares uh, seriously. Spiritual warfare, all right? You've got spiritual strongholds, but you've also got mental strongholds, all right? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what I want you to do is to write the word strongholds and then write the word, put an arrow next to it. The way you deal with stronghold is that you've got to pull them down. And casting down imaginations. Now, by the word, imag- uh, in, your, in your notes, write the word imaginations or write the word reasonings. And the way you deal with them, put an arrow next to it, is by casting them down. All right? So, strongholds have got to be pulled down. Reasonings have got to be um, cast down. Casting down imaginations or reasonings and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. So now write the word thought, and the way you deal with them is by, is by bringing them into captivity. A simpler way to understand what the word bringing into captivity means, simply write the word arrest. When a police arrest a villain or a thief. The police has just brought the guilty person into captivity. You are bringing him into captivity. So, by the word, bring into captivity, write the word arrest. So, strongholds, you've got to pull them down. Reasonings, you've got to cast them down. Thoughts, they've got to be arrested. They've got to be arrested by bringing into captivity. Okay. Every thought. Now, who said that? Paul said that. God's word said that. Every thought. Every thought. To the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Your obedience is fulfilled when you bring every thought into captivity. You cast down reasonings that dare to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, and you pull down strongholds. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to write this down now. We've, I've given you the, uh, how Paul gave it to you in the reverse. Strongholds, imaginations, or reasonings, and thought. But the order is thought which are not a thought which is not interrupted becomes an established reasoning 
and an established reasoning which is not interrupted or disturbed becomes stronghold. So, by the word stronghold, write the word death cage. Write the word death cage. Are you listening? By the word stronghold, write the word death cage. Now, let's say it this way, and I want you to write them down. I'm going to give you a quick little recap, and then we are going to go to where I want us to go today. All thoughts that are not brought to the obedience of Christ become established reasonings that dare to rise up against the knowledge of God, against the Logos, and become strongholds and prisons that we must overthrow. Are you listening? Let's say it this way again. All thoughts that are not brought to the obedience of Christ, meaning that are not arrested, they become established reasonings. You know, the Bible tells you um, in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 8, I believe it is. Let's go there. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, I believe it is. Praise God. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 11. Look what the scripture says. Verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 11. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. In other words, nip it in the bud right away. Don't wait till the future. No, no, no. Deal with it now. Paul said it this way, give no place to the devil. And one of the way, one of the avenues that we give place to the devil is through our thinking process. Paul says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In fact, let's go to the word, uh, the word Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, please, chapter 6. Chapter 6, please. <clears throat> Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the word wiles here, all right, in the Greek text is the word wild, wild, singular, and it's the Greek word methodia, M-E-T-H-O-D-I-A, from which we get the word method. And the word methodia means a road to the mind. The word methodia means what? A road to the mind. So we can see that one of the successful avenues that Satan has to gain uh, a footing in our life is by having access into our mind. A road to the mind. Are you listening? A what now? A road to the to the mind. you got to stop Satan right right at the beginning because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. The key word here is the word speedily. You allow it to fester in your mind. When you allow a thought to fester in your mind, it begins to take roots. And once it begins to take roots, 
it begins to grow as a reasoning. And once it begins to grow as a reasoning, it builds a cage called a stronghold, a death cage to hold you within that cage. Are you following me so far? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the renewing of your mind is in fact a war within your being. Let me say it again. The renewing of your mind is a war within your being. It is an aggressive act towards old strongholds to deal with them violently, violently destroying them with the weapon of God's word. You need to get that. Let me say it again. The renewing of your mind, ladies and gentlemen, is a war within you, within your being. It is an aggressive act towards pulling down, destroying all strongholds, which has been there from the time you were born up until the time you got born again. That's the way it should play out. Up until the time you got born again. Until the time you got born. When, when, when you get born again, it is imperative for you not to think like the world. All right? But many of us still think like the world. We allow the past to determine our future. And so the renewing of your mind, it is an aggressive act towards the destruction of all strongholds to violently destroy them with the weapon of God's word. Can you say amen? And you've been lied to. They've been telling you for years. Yeah, well, you got to renew your mind like it was an easy thing to do. The renewing of your mind is not something docile or gentle. It is rough. Okay? So you've got to learn to take the thought captive, arrest it. Because if you don't do it, then it will settle in. You'll have to cast down the reasoning. And then if you don't deal with that, you'll have to pull down the stronghold. It is a whole lot easier to deal with the thought level than the stronghold level. Many of you are struggling today is because you never dealt with a thought, a parrot thought, which established itself as a reasoning, which established itself as a stronghold. It's a whole lot easier to deal with the thought level than the stronghold level. Now, um, the, the, the fruit of the renewing of the mind, the end result of the renewing of the mind is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. All right, so Paul made a statement. He shows you how it's done. All right. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it gives you the end results of dealing with your mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we are going to read verse 16. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Put your hand on your head and say with me, mind of Christ. You do not have the mind of Christ if you do not have the mind of the Word. Unless the Word becomes first and final authority in your life, you do not 
express the mind of Christ. Many of us have a religious mind. Many of us have traditional mind, a mind which is anchored into tradition. But what did Jesus said? Your, your tradition makes the work of God, makes the word of God of no effect. Are you listening? A lot of churches have their own traditions. A lot of uh, uh, denominations have their own traditions. But that doesn't mean it's, 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 a, it's a word mindset. No, no. You've got to find, in order for you to get a word mindset, your mind must be anchored. The mind of Christ is found in the word. Say that with me. The mind of Christ is the minding of the word. Thank you, Lord. Can you say amen? Praise God. So, I said to you yesterday, I'm going to give you a little recap and take it from where I want to go. The renewing of your mind is immensely and extremely important for you to walk in victory. When I say victory, I'm not just talking about physical victory, financial victory. I'm talking about emotional victory. I'm talking about psychological victory. I'm talking about spiritual victory. So let me say it again. Victory has got to be on, diff on all these levels, spirit, soul, and body. Say that with me, please. Victory must be on the threefold level. Spirit, soul, and body. Can you say amen? Now, <clears throat> unless you renew your mind, your Christianity will be a Christianity of weakness or a tasteless Christianity. And life on the earth will be no different from those who are not even saved. The only difference is that you're on your way to heaven, but you, you experience the same trauma that they do. You live in the same traumatic life that they do. Are you listening to me now? Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, so unless you renew your mind, your Christianity will be a Christianity of weakness. Look around you. You will see a lot of people who are born again. They call themselves born again believers, spiritual believers, but they have a Christianity or they're walking in a Christianity of weakness. It's not because it's God's fault. It's because they haven't taken the time to renew their mind with the word of God. The transformation of your life after your salvation will happen through the renewing of your mind. When you got born again, write this down. When you got born again, your spirit was recreated. Now that your spirit man has been recreated by God, and that happened instantly for your day-to-day -day life to be transformed, that will occur through the renewing. The mind needs to be renewed. Your spirit needs to be recreated, needed to be recreated. Your mind needs to be renewed, and your body needs to be rejuvenated until it is glorified. Glory to God. Now, <clears throat> so the transformation of your life after your salvation will come through the renewing of your mind. The transformation of your day-to-day -day life will only occur after the renewing of your mind, not the other way around. All right? <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. And the renewing of your mind is 
a gradual thing? It is a violent thing? Are you listening to me, somebody? Because it is a clash. Now, <clears throat> your greatest need after your salvation is the renewing of your mind. So, let's pick up today from where we left off yesterday. All right, write this down, please. I want you to write a number of things down today. We've got a lot of things to learn today. Hopefully, we have enough time. Praise God. Write this down. We discovered yesterday that we can define the renewing of the mind. The renewing of the mind is the moment when the Logos becomes your logic. When the Logos becomes your logic. Now, for the Logos to become your logic, because remember now, you are operating in Logismos. What is Logismos? That's the logic of the cosmos. From the time you were born up to the time you got born again, you were operating in Logismos. That's the logic of the cosmos, the fallen world. And unfortunately, many of you go to churches that still <laughs> don't change your Logismos to Logos. Are you listening? So for the Logos to become your logic, you will go, if you want your logic to be Logos, if you want a word mindset, you will go through a process called cognitive dissonance. This is where we left off yesterday. You will go through a process called cognitive dissonance. Now, that's a combination of two words, cognition and dissonance. So cognitive dissonance is a combination, compound, of two words to become one expression. And that word, the first word be the word cognition. The second word be the word dissonance. Now, what is cognition? Write this down. Cognition is the mental action or process of acquiring knowledge and understanding through thought, experiences, and the senses. Let's say it again. Cognition is the mental action or the mental process of acquiring knowledge and understanding through thoughts, through experiences, and the senses. So you've gained information through thoughts, information, experiences, and the senses. All right? Now, dissonance, ladies and gentlemen, literally means a lack of harmony. A lack of harmony. Dissonance means, write this down, a tension or clash resulting from the combination of two disharmonious or unsuitable elements. 
Let's say it again. In its simplest form, dissonance means a lack of harmony. In fact, they use that in the music industry. Dissonance means a lack of home harmony among musical notes. But dissonance is a tension, a clash, resulting from the combination of two disharmonious or unsuitable elements. Very important for you to understand that. Let me say it again. Dissonance is a tension or clash resulting from the combination of two disharmonious, disharmonious or unsuitable elements. The word dissonance comes from the Latin word dissonantia. And it means disagreeing. In the Latin, it means to disagree in sound. Disagree in sound. So we can say that cognitive dissonance is a disagreement of information. It's a clash of information. It is a collision of information. Now you can see why I tell you it's warfare. It's a collision, ladies and gentlemen, of cognition. It is two different cognition. The first cognition is what you got from the time you were born to the time you got born again. Your thoughts, the school system, the experiences that you had up to the time you got born again. Are you listening to me now? All right. <clears throat> and the senses. But now that you got born again, there's a new stream of information that comes from the Word, that comes from the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. So there's a collision of cognitions of information. Are you hearing me, saints? Okay. Therefore, cognitive dissonance is a mental conflict. It is a mental battle between the old system of reasoning which has been established for years, and the new information which wants to be established in your life. It's a collision of information. It's a clash of information. Write this down, please. Cognitive dissonance is a mental conflict. It is a psychological fight. It is a psychological wrestling. A struggle between the old software, the old creation software, and the new creation software. Are you listening? The old software was the program of the old creation, the Adamic creation, the fallen first Adam creation, the old creation. While the new software 
is the program of the new creation created in Christ Jesus revealed to you by the Word. Revealed to you by the Word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Won't you write this down, please? Cognitive dissonance describes the discomfort the discomfort experienced when two cognitions, two conceptions, two beliefs, two system of information which are completely incompatible, they collide with each other. They collide with each other. You hear me now? Let me say it again. Cognitive dissonance is a description. It describes the discomfort experienced when two cognitions, two conceptions, two system of beliefs, two streams of information, two softwares which are totally incompatible and they collide with each other. Are you following me? Okay. So we can say it this way. I'm saying it to you in different ways for you to begin to grasp what's going on in your head. <clears throat> the, the term cognitive dissonance is used to describe that mental discomfort that results from two conflicting beliefs, two thought systems, and two different softwares. This is why I said to you that the renewing of your mind is actually a war within your being. It is an aggressive act towards pulling down all strongholds, which has been there for years. It came through your thoughts that were not interrupted or challenged. And therefore, it established itself as a reasoning. And because you did not establish, you did not disturb that reasoning, it became a stronghold. That also, that war is also because you are violently trying to destroy what occurred to you when you were little. Maybe you have had a bad experience. Maybe you faced rejection. Maybe somebody uh, spoke uh, condescending words towards you. You are allowing these words, you're allowing this bad experience in the past, this rejection from the past to stop you from moving forward. Maybe you saw your parent got divorced. But you're afraid to get married now because you saw your parent got divorced. And you're judging that young lady or young man in the light of what happened and had nothing to do with them has nothing to do with you, but you're allowing a past experience to be the determining factor 
of your future. Are you listening? So you have to aggressively attack it. So the renewing of the mind is an aggressive act towards old strongholds to violently destroy them with the weapon of God's word. <clears throat> now write this down, please. Logos software logic. The Logos must become your software, your operating system, and then that becomes your logic. Okay? Now, when your conscious mind and your subconscious mind are at odds, are not in agreement, the Bible calls you double-minded. A double-minded man. A double-minded man is not someone who changes his mind. No, 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 no. You have a right to change your mind. That's what the word repent means. To repent means to change your mind. But a double-minded man is someone whose conscious mind does not agree with his subconscious mind. And therefore, one, either the conscious mind or the subconscious mind will keep aborting the future will keep aborting the present. Now, a double-minded man will not get anything. Let's go to James in chapter 1. James in chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. James in chapter 1. Glory to God. I'm going to read from verse 6. Paul, uh, James is talking, he says, but let, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. I need you to underline the word, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth <clears throat> is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything. What I want you to do is write the word, to underline the words, let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Underline these words. Not receive anything. Anything. Why? Because a double-minded man, a man whose conscious mind disagree with his subconscious mind or his subconscious mind disagree with his conscious mind, the scripture says, is unstable in all his ways. Unstable in all his ways. I want you to write this down, please. The purpose of the renewing of the mind is to break double-mindedness to make you single-minded. The only thing that can make you single-minded is the Word of God. For the word of God is quick, alive, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing. You can, you can read all that in Hebrews and chapter 4 yourself. It divides asunder, and so forth and so on. Can you say amen? All right. 
So double-mindedness means your conscious mind and your subconscious mind are at odds. The purpose of the renewing of your mind is to make you single-minded. Can you say amen? And there are a lot of people today who are not single-minded. When a double-minded man or a double-minded person meets a single-minded person, clash. Clash. Because the double-minded man or the double-minded person has all kind of qualms, low self-esteem issues, inward judgment that the single-minded man doesn't have. He's coming with full of confidence, full of beans, full of joy, and boom, it clashes. All right, now... <clears throat> What are some of the indications that you uh, of, of cognitive dissonance? It doesn't matter who you are. Everyone at some point in their life will experience cognitive dissonance, especially if you are going through the renewing of your mind to be walking in the reality of the new creation. You are going to go through cognitive dissonance to some certain degree. This is why. I'm thankful that when I got saved, I had somebody to teach me the Word of God. I did not get a lot of traditions and a lot of garbage and so forth. Most people, when they get saved, oh, when they get old, they get saved, but there's a ton of tradition behind them. And there are those who are saved, but they went to a traditional church full of traditions. Are you listening? There are people today that go to church that will tell you, don't wear any makeup, uh, you got to cover your head, and blah, blah, blah. They don't even understand the concept, the context of the scripture. And so now they, 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 they're bound with these things. And if they see other, another believer wearing makeup or praying without their head covered, <laughs> they, start to, they start to feel to, you know, the, the, the fret. Why? Because the tradition keeps them in bondage. And they are going through cognitive dissonance. Because the moment you experience that you are exposed to different knowledge, dissonance, different sound, a different sound, a different sound. That's what the word dissonance means, a different sound. All right? This is why you've got to have one sound. The sound of the word. Can you say amen? The what now? The sound of the word. But how do you know that you're going through cognitive dissonance? Because it's not always easy to recognize that you're going through it. So let me give you some signs and indications that you are going through cognitive dissonance. Number one, they're not in order of importance. They are all equally important. You have great difficulties and you feel highly uncomfortable before doing something or making a decision. Make a decision. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Make a decision. Do something. All right? Make a decision. People who go through cognitive dissonance have great problem 
to make decisions. Make the right decision. They have, a, they have major problem to make the right decisions. They are uncomfortable. Some of them are about to fall out and pass out just to make a decision. They don't want to make decisions. I just don't like to make decisions. I'd rather make my own decision. I don't want somebody else to make a decision for me. Another example of cognitive dissonance is when you try to justify or rationalize a decision or the lack thereof, even though you know that that decision will work against you. Let me give you an example. Um, there was somebody that I knew who worked for a long time in this institution. All right, let me give you, um, you know, in a hospital. Every time it was time to be promoted, he wouldn't take it. I said, why don't you take your promotion? You'll get more money. He said, no, man, there'll be more responsibility. And I can't take any more responsibility because my father had this and this and this and that. He got promoted and then he got fired because he was not up to the standard. I couldn't believe what I was. I could not believe what I was hearing. He deliberately refused. He stayed at the same level in the same place for years because he couldn't make the decision. He justified, he rationalized that if I stay where I am. See, people with cognitive dissonance if they don't break through it, always revert to the safety zone, the comfort zone. And I told you that the comfort zone, there is nothing comfortable about it. There's only death in the comfort zone. When you justify your lack of growth, when you justify your lack of uh, results in your life, well, that happened to me in the past. But no, forget the past. You cannot change the past. The past is in the tomb. The present, the future is in your womb. And you have to give birth to it. But many of us are living from the tomb when we should be living from the womb. The womb tells you there's life ahead of you. The tomb tells you it's dead and gone. It's finished. Life is finished. How many people do you know today who are living, but it's basically the living dead? So when you try to justify or rationalize a decision or, a, or the lack thereof, you have made, that you have made, okay, even though it works against your well-being, you're going through cognitive dissonance. Thank you, Jesus. Now, how do you know that cognitive dissonance is working? When you feel guilty and you blame yourself 
for painful experiences of the past. Thus, you feel handicapped, powerless by regrets for something that happened in the past and you cannot move forward. That's cognitive dissonance. God says, go! You say, I can't go. I'm not up to it. That's, that's exactly what the children of Israel was going through with the ten spies. We can't go. Joshua and Caleb said, let's go at once. These people are bred for us. No, man, we can't go. Have you seen the giants in there? We saw the Anakims. We saw this and we saw that and we saw all the other ites, right? And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. Without the renewing of your mind, you will have a grasshopper mentality. With the renewing of your mind, you will have a giant killing mentality. Are you listening? So when you feel guilty, when you blame yourself and you, you give excuses, I've told you before and I'll tell you again, those who make excuses will excuse themselves from the greatness that God has for them. You better write this down in capital letters and never forget it. That is a Glenorakion quote. Those who make excuses will excuse themselves from the greatness that God has for them. Are you listening? Stop making an excuse. You know what an excuse is? An excuse is a reason to lie. If the Bible says it, you better believe it, and just that settles it. That's it. Now, so remember what I told you. Cognitive dissonance is a clash, a collision of two streams of information which are totally incompatible. So you have to get rid of the old software and put, on, put in the new software so you can walk as a new creation, as the new man. Now, <clears throat> the renewing of your mind, therefore, ladies and gentlemen, is the possessing of the mentality of a new creation. Say that with me, please. The renewing of the mind, which is my mind, my logic has become the Logos. The Logos has become my logic. I know that the, logic, the Logos has become my logic when I possess the mentality of a new creation. The renewing of the mind, therefore, is that I have a redemption mindset. I no longer have an old creation Adamic mindset. I have a new creation redemption mindset. Thank you, Jesus. And it takes time to build this into your head. Like I told you, that's why I'm so thankful. Praise God forevermore. And I did not grow up in a church that just gave me religion and gave me tradition, but gave me the word. And much of, it, much of what I learned, I learned by myself anyway. Praise God. I learned by myself. Thank you, Jesus. I had a voracious appetite to learn the word of God from the time I was 14 years old. This is why I said to people, whoever works with me, no drama. Don't, don't come around here. Uh, I think you can ask Pastor Bill, Pastor Bill, oh man, 
and others who work with me, and uh, Paul and others, don't do that. That's the number one rule in our ministry. Do not come here with drama. All right? I don't do drama. I cannot stand drama. There are some people whose life is always filled with drama. Their ministry is always filled with drama. The church is always filled with drama. I do not like drama. The word is dramaless. You hear me now? The word that will keep him in peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Thank you, Jesus. You go, to, you go to some churches, the pastors that were, you know, fighting with the, with, the, with the people, with the sheep, and the sheep are fighting with the people. No, come on, no. If we're going to fight somebody, let's fight the devil. Praise God. Can you say amen? So the renewing of the mind, then, is having a word-first mindset rather than having a world-first mindset. No. The moment you step into a problem, what does the word say? You know that if you have a word mindset that you, you'll cut off, actually cut off a lot of the counseling. And the reason why you have to spend a lot of time counseling people, and we have to, of course, is because a lot of the time um, people just want to hear themselves talk, get it off their chest. But if they had the word mindset, they'd get rid of all this stuff. Ah, that's trivial. Eh. What does the word say? When I first got married to Rosiana, all the time, what does the word say? What does the word say? Uh, you can ask people around me. Well, what does the word say? Well, yeah, I know that, but no. What does the word say? Your butt, get your butt out of the way. I want to know what the Bible says. Because the word is the alpha and the omega is the beginning and the end. But you just don't know how I feel. Aha! There is the key. Your feeling, which has risen up above, because you haven't taken it, making it obedient to Christ, you haven't arrested it, it has rose and exalted itself against the Logos. You see what I'm saying here? All right. So the renewing of the mind, therefore, ladies and gentlemen, is to remove and to shut down the voice of the old creation from your body, from your soul, from your experiences to the voice, the new voice from the position, the positional truth of the new creation. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glennarecchion.org.